Hey everyone, welcome to the To That Point podcast, where we cover topics at the intersection of business and culture. I'm Montana Blair. I'm Jasmine Escher. Our second theme in season one takes a critical look at the fashion industry to understand what it means to design with purpose. We're spotlighting founders and designers at prominent fashion houses to understand how they entered the fashion world, discovered their purpose for designing, and used their platform to take a stance on socio-political issues. Today we're talking to Sunday School, a cannabis lifestyle brand based in New York. Soulborn duo Mia Park and Day Lim dubbed the style smokewear, as in high fashion apparel and accessories to wear when you're smoking weed. Starting in fashion opened up new avenues and they unveiled their first cannabis collection last year. But this brand isn't just for stoners. Sunday School wants to transform the smokewear stereotype and educate communities on cannabis consumption and culture in order to destigmatize the plant across countries and generations. They're not shy about speaking up, and they've raised their voices to stand with causes like criminal justice reform, racial equity, and human rights. Mia Park is here with us today to share more about how the two entrepreneurs with business backgrounds entered the world of fashion and cannabis. Mia, we are so excited to talk to you today. Hey guys, same here. I'm so excited to speak more about Sunday School and myself. Awesome. So before we get into the weeds of how you started Sunday School and the great things you guys have done. That was really punny. (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't even realize that I made that pun. (laughs) Oh man. Wow, I'm proud of that one. Um, But we wanted to uh, break the ice a little bit with some rapid fire questions. So I'm just going to ask and you only have to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. So first question is East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Going out or staying in, in a COVID-free world? Going out, especially within this COVID world. I miss it so much. Yeah, I agree. Dancing alone in my apartment is not the same. (laughs) Do you prefer giving gifts or getting gifts? Love giving gifts. What's the best song to put on in the morning that gets you hyped up for the day? Hmm. Level Up by Sierra. Mm. And lastly, describe your style in one word. Comfortable. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> That's a great style, especially for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like Montana mentioned, we have been hyping up this conversation with you for so long, only because... It's so impressive what you and Day have been able to do, specifically your background in business, um, knowing that you've spent time within consulting and using that knowledge to transition into fashion. So can you just talk a little bit more about the origin story of Sunday School and how you used your experience in business to get into the fashion industry? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just wind it back also between like Dan and I. So basically Dan and I have been best friends since 13. We actually grew up together in Seoul studying SATs and APs together. Our tiger moms clearly are also best friends. So they sent us to boarding schools on the East Coast thinking that we'll get that proper higher education. And little did they know the higher education was this type of higher education. <laughs> <laughs> So that being said, 
obviously as like a good Korean daughter, a dutiful daughter, went to college. And after college, I did two years of investment banking, as well as another couple of years at McKinsey. And I think both what they and I felt during the McKinsey year, since they was also a consultant there, was that we really missed getting hands on creating things. So what we would do is we would just gather at Day's Brooklyn house and smoke over the weekend and start sketching things when we're high. And from that, we realized there are a couple of obviously who we are um, really melting into the designs and the ethos of what we were just about to create, as well as who we want to be in this kind of culturally shifting America that we have been living as Korean or born in Seoul and grew up in Seoul, we feel very attached and just proud of our own culture. But at the same time, like we are also American. So just am- amalgamating the two essence of who our identities were, as well as obviously getting creativity sparked by cannabis. I think that's how really Sunday School started. And honestly, I think it's really interesting that both they and I come from a pretty like structured consulting as well as business background background because we didn't think that uh, like our past business experience or consulting experience uh, we I did not do any sort of fashion consulting they didn't do any sort of you know like uh, let's say like startup uh, experience however it really is about like how we think or how we structure a problem and how to approach and resolve that issue. So during our, I guess, like daily routines, we actually have implemented quite a few uh, consulting styles, problem-solving sessions, morning check-ins, hypothesis-driven, I guess, like conclusions. However, what we're also realizing that these structures are definitely not the answers because in the real business world where we have to resolve one way or the other, it's not about theories. It's not about hypothesis, but it's really about just jumping in, figuring this out and like just iterating as fast as you could. And I think that's what I'm also learning after applying what I've learned. And I'm actually really excited to just be better at it. Yeah. I love what you said about having this background in a space that is very structured and very rigid because I relate to that a lot. For me, it's very difficult to seek inspiration and feel creative only because what I do day in and day out is all about things being perfectly organized Mm -hmm. and everything sort of in its place and if it's not getting it there. So what I would love to hear a little bit more about is it seems like you were able to find this creative spark specifically from cannabis that helped you think outside the box. But how did you guys find fashion and why fashion and why a smokeware brand for Sunday school? Were there any other avenues that you were exploring as you were trying to figure out what was next for you and Day? Yeah, I mean, I think we both just love design. And I'm sure you guys have met Day. Day is an inc- he has an incredible taste. That being said, I've always been interested in fashion industry from the business perspective. So it was like a perfect I guess a segment that we started as honestly a hobby, which turned into a full-time job. And I think what I'm also learning is that fashion is such a, especially around these times, I see people wearing like t-shirt that says vote or certain parties that they feel affinity to. And fashion, I mean, this is the oldest 
thing, but fashion really is a statement of how you feel, what you stand for, and it's a voice. And ultimately, what we really wanted to do initially, and it's still the core of the brand itself, is giving the minorities, like Asian Americans, Black Americans, Brown Americans, some sort of a platform that uh, they can feel cool, as well as they feel like they're true to themselves. And that's what Sunday School really is. We're Korean. We love weed. We love streetwear and let's create a brand that embodies all three of them. And you'll see that there's a lot of these paradoxical designs because Korean culture where weed is super illegal and meeting, you know, cannabis culture from California. And that's, I think, the beauty of Sunday School because we have all these seemingly just controversial or paradoxical two things that are like melting in a very beautiful way. So something else that Jazz and I love that I think really makes Sunday School stand out are all the really cool collabs that you guys do. (laughs) So everything from content and clothing design and new products, like you guys just launched a beer, which is super cool. So I'd just love to hear from you, like what collaborations helped you get to where you are today? And when you come up with an idea for a collab, how do you go about executing it? Yeah, I think a few of the, my favorite collabs, definitely one was the Soul Brewery collab. It was also particularly just close to our hearts because it was with one of our friends who basically didn't get her visa here and had to leave New York and go back to Seoul. And the funny thing is this individual who I will <laughs> name, remain nameless loves smoking weed. And she's just a kick-ass person. But because weed is so illegal in Korea, she almost got arrested while she was trying to buy weed. And I remember a few of our friends had to bail her out. So just, you know, a passionate individual for certain plants. And now she is, you know, working at this amazing like boutique brewery in Seoul, which is one of the first, let's say, craft beer brands. So that was really fun. A few more in the pipeline, which is upcoming. So we have a collaboration with Alfred Coffee. We also have one with Matcha Bar. Another one I guess we've done is the International, which is a Korean streetwear, and they're really cool. And they're also about expanding kind of the comfort zone of Korean culture by having a lot of analogies towards uh, psychedelics and the experience during psychedelics. And how we go about structuring these collabs is really we just make a list per each of the individual uh, industry verticals, such as like CPG products. Uh, lifestyle products such as home goods and whatnot. And then we list our dream collaborators, our friends who are in the, uh, these brands. So that being said, I think it's really about just trying to figure out who you know, um, especially if it's a cold reach. And you'll always find somebody who could link you up to a certain brand that you would love to collab with. Awesome. And within the past year or so, that's when you guys made the transition into actually selling cannabis. So I have a lot of questions there. But first, I guess, was that always the end goal? And how did you do it? Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not really sure what our end goal is. I think we have, we want to build a brand that embodies just who we are and our friends. And I think that's our end goal. And part of that was launching a cannabis line. And I think in terms of what we really want to achieve via 
launching Cannabis was we have been calling ourselves a lifestyle brand, which I think it's a, such a word buzzword that a lot of people do overuse. But what we wanted to build was a brand that does follow every step of a consumer's daily routine who embodies a certain type of lifestyle. So we wanted a person like Montana wearing Sunday school and also smoking Sunday school to wind down at night. And that's how we felt that it is essential that we launch our cannabis line to really full come to full circle at the end of the day with this quote unquote lifestyle brand. Yeah, I I really like that. And I think it makes a lot of sense the interplay between how you design your fashion and how you designed your cannabis line. They're really complementary. And I think it's neat to see that because I've seen a lot of other really cool boutique cannabis lines, but I think having that interplay between fashion and cannabis, it really like brings it full circle. And it has something that makes people feel like they can belong to Sunday school more as a concept rather than like, oh, I buy a t-shirt from Sunday school or I buy a joint from Sunday school. Exactly. I think at the end of the day, what I'm also realizing is that obviously like a person buys something, like a person purchases something from a brand, but it's not necessarily the actual item that they purchase, but it's more and more as a brand matures, it's about the mission or the ethos is what the consumer is purchasing. And we really love playing that angle because that's what I think people should be paying for. Like at the end of the day, it's not about the fabric or the cannabis, but by wearing Sunday school or by smoking Sunday school, I represent something. And that's really where the customer loyalty from our perspective comes because trend will, you know, die. Uh, cannabis also like a certain type of products will come in and out. But what lasts a brand is really about the core or just the voice that it uh, tries to nurture and champions. Um, and it's really interesting to see that happening via Sunday school. I like the sense of community that you're bringing up and how you've really managed to integrate yourself into more than just one aspect of the lives of the people that you're trying to really build these connections with, especially in the way that Montana put it. It's Sunday school is more of a concept first that resonates with you less than, you know, a cool hoodie that you're putting on. And can you talk a little bit more about how you built this community? I love, especially recently, you guys uh, published your honor roller class of 2020. And you can tell that these are not just random customers that you're spotlighting. You're like, oh, here are the most loyal Sunday schoolers. These are friends. These are people that you actually know and are supporting and aren't only in fashion. So how did you build that community? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all about just being grassroots as to it's about like you guys, like you, Montana and Jasmine, like when I was doing Sunday school, it's really the friends. Uh, they're not new friends. They're old friends who I've known going out, uh, college, at work, who thought, wow, like what you guys are doing are really cool. So 
from there, making your friends believers into the brand and basically using them as like a beta test. Hey, I have a concept for a brand. If my friends are not enthusiastic about it, that means it's not good enough. So that's how we started, you know, beta testing Sunday school. And from that, once it starts working or once you, once we felt like we are getting a really positive response from our friends, it's really organic. And I think that was such a great thing about Sunday school is that, you know, our communities are even our Instagram followers, I think, one way or the other feel very close to the brand itself, because we often do um, pop ups. I mean, in a COVID free world, we love doing experimental marketing, the word experimental marketing feels so grand. But at the end of the day, that it means like you are just trying to put faces on your consumers and the consumers are trying to put a face to a brand. And it can be as easy as just popping up at a cafe that of your friend works um, popping up at a Korean barbecue restaurant for a afternoon munchie session. So all those, I think, small community building exercises that we implemented, not honestly, not trying to be strategic, but we just really wanted to have fun with our friends with free food. <laughs> So the brand itself being very Korean and Dan and I have a lot of Korean friends. Uh, we saw a lot of last names, Kim, Park, Lee, or maybe Chang if it gets crazy. But then now we see so much more diverse customer demographic at this point. And it's so, it's very meaningful, at least to me, to see many non-Koreans vibing with the brand and loving the message that we carry, which is always going to be somewhat rooted in our Korean heritage, obviously, as well as with cannabis. So I think it's been very interesting to see the expansion of the brand, as well as getting the roots even deeper into the community that have been supporting us for the longest time, even before the brand was even existent. One of the things that strikes me the most about Sunday School, especially your digital presence, is your voice, which is entirely unapologetic, raw, funny, relatable. Mm -hmm. Like if you guys haven't scrolled through Sunday School's Instagram or website, just read the copy because it is gold. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the confidence to speak freely like that comes from a supportive community. But that confidence can also get intimidating when that community grows and when the sorts of people that you're talking to are no longer friends and family. And like you mentioned, it's people on the other side of the world who just heard about Sunday school and, and now through you are representing something themselves. And I want to talk a little bit about what it means to create a purpose-driven brand. And I think during COVID, we've all had the time and headspace to focus on things that really matter. Just things that managed to pass by before and are now just front and center and really inform how we think and how we spend our day. And we've seen how strongly Sunday School has increased its voice on topics like marijuana taboos in Asian and Asian American culture or racism and U.S. politics. So how did you find your voice and how did you decide that it was okay and important to put social causes at the forefront of your brand? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we are still navigating what that is. It just also correlates to personal growth of myself and day because we, all those captions, day and I write it. So it's no one, it's nobody else, but actually us trying to pinpoint what are the social causes or what are the current issues, topics that we feel strongly about. And at the end of the day, I think it's again, like, a personal growth via just trying to expand at least my horizon into social and political topics that we feel strongly towards. So one, being controversial can be very scary or even putting your opinion out there is very scary. But two, we always learn that it is a fruitful exercise one way or the other, whether we have to take the post down or the post gets loved by all the community members. I think it's about just, you know, creating that conversation and hoping that obviously the communities will respect each other's opinion. But when that doesn't happen, obviously I can't promote the dissonance. So sometimes we make the decision, hey, I don't think this was beneficial to our community's unity. It's really interesting. I think though, uh, recently I do see more brands, especially let's say and pizza or even pleasures, all these consumer goods as well as streetwear goods, companies becoming very vocal about voting issues or, you know, like social racial issues. And I love that. I think more brands need to come out of their vanilla, like, you know, shell and get voiceful. And of course, there should be another side. I'm sure like there are certain brands that endorse more conservative political views and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they're all opinions and I respect them all. I think we just need to pick a lane. And if you want to be a brand that you want to have a backing of your community, I think you should come out and be raise your or, or use make a use of your platform at the end of the day. Right. I think it's really inspiring to see how many brands are stepping up, especially in comparison to the ones that aren't, I think rightfully so, people are asking now, like, hey, why aren't you talking about this? It's really important. So I'm sure it's really scary at times, but it seems to really be paying off. And it's also a way for you and Day to grow as people. So it seems like a, a good exercise for sure. So something that I'd love to talk about is your goals for Sunday school in the future. And maybe from both a product side and industry side, but also growing your team? Because I know it started out with you and Day, but how many people do you have full-time on your team now? And do you see that growing a lot in the future? Yeah, I mean, talking about our full-time employees and then obviously the team, we have, I believe, five full-time employees. So it's still a really lean team. And everybody wears multiple hats, <laughs> juggling many different things. And I just love our team because at the end of the day, they're so passionate about the brand. And there's technically nothing holding them to or like tying them to the brand because we're not yet the biggest streetwear brand or the biggest cannabis brand. But I think it's really this voice that they cherish, that they are standing up for something via endorsing Sunday school. And we have a bunch of like an army of freelancers, like amazing freelancers that we work with uh, on both obviously the design side, as well as cannabis side, um, such as freelance cannabis sales, freelance cannabis marketing. So it's been such a diverse, organic community also within our team. We love our interns 
they are the most passionate because they're literally just supporting Sunday school because they love the brand themselves and they bring such fresh energy. So a shout out to all the Sunday school interns. So that being said, talking about a little bit more like midterm to long-term goal, I think at the end of the day, we started with the mission that we wanted to harbor a brand that speaks up for minorities and also endorses this paradoxical cannabis plus Korean culture. At the end of the day, that's the goal. I wanna, We want to build a brand that continues to mature what, what it means of those two missions that we have. And ultimately, the brand itself, whether we continue with the five people or it becomes 50 people, it only it'll matter if only if we continue to chase our North Star. I see all these kind of, especially on the both on the fashion and also the cannabis side, somewhat bloated companies hiring for the sake of hiring, expanding the business just for the sake of expanding. But the longevity is always going to be questionable because as soon as you lose that voice, as soon as you lose the door star, consumers are so quick to notice and, you know, they will turn their backs on us because we we turn our back on them. So we want to just continue to be truthful to who we are, what our voice is, and continue to be loud <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. And that actually reminds me of a kind of an ongoing conversation that Jasmine and I have about these small brands that kind of explode overnight. And a lot of it seems to honestly be tied to getting venture capital and what seems to be some really crushing pressure for growth. So do you have any opinions on that? And if Sunday School has or is thinking about taking on external funding and how you might balance that? Yeah, I think obviously VCs or angel investors or any type of investors are at the end of the day looking for an amazing team and the growth potential. And it's also a two-way relationship because obviously I think the really easy pitfall of any early stage companies who do take external capital. The mindset is that, oh, we took their money. Now we have to somehow show or just like we, it's like a one way directional conversation or partnership that they vision. However, the most honestly sustainable as well as synergistic investor investee relationships we've had is the two-way relationship that I feel free to go to my investor and ask his or her opinion on certain R&D products that we're doing or certain directional decision-making tree that we have to draw out, getting their opinions and advice beyond the capital, and also them asking us a certain questions about the company's direction. So it should never be a one-way dialogue. I guess it's not even a, then won't be a dialogue monologue from the investor telling the investee what the company or what the group has to do. And I've seen that happening. Also, the flip side of uh, the investee or the company not listening to gold advice from the sage investors and just bulldozing over what they want to do and co- going completely unsynergistic. So I just, we all just need to remind ourselves, or that's what at least Dan and I do, is that, hey, this is a two-way dialogue and a good investor, a mature investor will know when an investee comes up to you with really good questions 
and should be spending time with you to give advice. And I feel a lot of times that that is even more precious than capital that we get, finding a good investor who has amazing advice. Right. And maybe to close the interview out, a lot of our listeners right now are fellow strategists and creatives who are probably three to five years into their career. And a lot of our friends that we know are listening are thinking about taking that leap into their own thing or just doing a pretty dramatic career pivot. So do you have any advice for listeners on maybe what you wish you had known when you started Sunday School or any advice about leaving a really cushy consulting job to start your own business? Yeah, (laughs) I think you'll know when it's time. Definitely continue to have that conversation with yourself. There's really nothing I wish I had done when I made that leap another way because it's an ongoing experiment and there's still we are still, you know, like I said, on our way via Sunday school of finding what that end goal is. So for those who are debating whether you should switch job or especially leave a cushy job is that I wish you would follow what your heart does tell you and make that leap because just strategically, especially because we're so young. And even if you're not too young, this may be the time that you could take on a little bit more risk than later stages of your life. So imagine that you have about 40 to 50, unless we win a lottery (laughs) of working career timeline. And what I do as an exercise is just trying to see my career, not as another two year at this firm, another five years at this firm, but rather a more of a marathon and just try to, you know, vision out what the 50, 40 years will look like. And from then, you might get a little bit more courage that, hey, like even if I do a little bit more risque startup or something for the next five to seven years, it's not too much of a risk when I compare it to the full 50 to 40 years of my career. And you'll definitely gain so much more experience, especially if you are doing your own startup or if you're doing something that you're passionate about. And at the end of the day, it's really the passion that matters because if you're thinking, I just want to leave this coachy job because I want to be more experimental or exploring, make sure you know what you feel passionate towards because there are going to be so many challenges, especially if you are starting your own company or if you're joining a small team that doesn't have all these cushion that you are getting before. And if you don't have the passion for the industry or the people or the team or the mission the company is bringing, like you'll soon find yourself being exhausted and wanting to give up. So my only advice would be that Uh, For those who are thinking about changing the career, definitely do it. But only if you feel you have a great passion just burning behind your heart that would last you for a good amount of time that you'll be proud of. I think that's also what I'm learning too. That's a great way of framing it, that it's much more of an endurance play than doing all of these smaller sprints and trying to squeeze the best experience that you can out of every job or every side project that you do. I think that's been a learning experience for me as well, just because we're so driven by success 
as a culture. I think it's just beaten into us. And it's really hard to take that step back and say, wait, do I actually enjoy doing this? Am I happy? Or, you know, what are the metrics that are driving this? So thanks for that answer. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Sunday School and let everyone know where you can learn more about Mia and Day and the work that they've done. You can go to their website at sunday.school, take a look at their latest collection and shop some of the cool things that they've put together and also follow along on their journey at sunday.school. So Mia, thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your journey, your experience, your advice. I know I've benefited from this a ton. Montana probably has as well. And our listeners are definitely excited to hear you speak on just the origins of Sunday School and, and how you've built the brand and community that you've, you've done to date. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. To That Point is created and produced by us, Montana and Jasmine. Big thanks to Levi Berry for the audio engineering and editing. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, and follow along on Instagram at To That Point. See you soon.